The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. A Tuesday and a drive with Peter Vlahos, all thanks to Toolmart, the complete tool centre where you always get the right tool from the start. And if I want to get the right information when it's uh, to the sport of rugby, then I go to one man. He's my rugby correspondent. He's cross of everything that's happening both in the national and an international rugby sense. And we're talking about Mick Collis. And Mick joins us now here on uh, Drive with Peter Vlahos here this afternoon. Uh, thanks for your time, Mickey. Pete, always a pleasure to talk rugby with you. We're going to talk firstly about something that I don't think I've ever seen, certainly in the time that I've followed sport, in particular rugby. I certainly don't follow it as close as yourself. But the demise of the All Blacks, where they currently, you are telling me before we came on air, are the fifth-ranked rugby nation now, where normally they would have been one, at worst, two. What's happened across the ditch? Yeah, it's amazing. And um, as you can imagine, over in New Zealand, it's like the earth or the world's fallen in. It's just um, just un- unthinkable that they have dropped that far down. So Ireland currently number one, France number two, South Africa three, England four, and the All Blacks five. And it's, it's never, ever happened before. And they've lost the last five of their... Six test matches, they lost that series against Ireland, uh, which was a fantastic series, but that's the first time in 117 years that Ireland has ever won a series uh, on New Zealand soil. Uh, the French beat them, and, and the main pressure is coming on the coach, a guy called Ian Foster. He's lost nine of the 25 test matches he's been in charge of. His predecessor, a guy called Ian Hansen, lost 10 from 107 so it's, um, Ian Foster is in under enormous amount of pressure and there's a coach called Scott Robertson who coached the Crusaders. They've won the last six Super Rugby titles. Everyone's just pushing for them to get rid of Ian Foster and, and bring in Scott Robertson because they just think that the culture's wrong in New Zealand. They've got the wrong um, people there, the wrong support staff. They need to just basically put the, put the broom through the place and, and start again because, as I said, it, it's the lowest they've ever been. And uh, it's, it's a real problem. So saying that, what are the players like, Mickey? A lot of them, of course, play in the uh, Super Rugby. And as you mentioned, the Crusaders are the benchmark when it comes to Super Rugby franchise. Surely the players haven't gone off that much. Is it the coach or a mixture of both, do you think? Oh, look, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, you don't, you don't just become a bad player. And they've got... They've got world-class players still. Like there's the two. There's Geordie and, and Bodie Barrett, the two Barrett brothers who are who are world-class. Their their backup number ten, a guy called Richie Mawanga, would be starting at number ten in any other country in the world. Adi Savia, their their number eight, is probably the best number eight in the world. So they've they've definitely got world-class players. But whatever it is at the moment. Um, Look, it's really hard to know. They went through that brilliant period for for a long time, but in recent times where they had a guy like Richie McCaw and and Dan Carter, who by all reports um, just had this very humble nature about them. And that's true. You know, Richie and and Dan both very humble players. And they think that maybe with those guys now now gone, that the next generation, they've lost that humility that, that kept the All Blacks so good for so long. And again, look, I, I don't know what the situation is, but stuff that I'm reading is they think that they've lost that humility and, and now they almost, they in the past where they go out expecting to win, 
but they were humble about it. Now they just expect to win because they're a bit arrogant. And mm. and that's and whether that's now stated to come undone and, and then they start looking for people to blame and they're not looking at themselves and, and they're trying to take shortcuts. Again, I don't know, but from the outside, it, it just seems that that they need because they don't have those those players. Either some of those players need to step up and take the role of McCaw and Carter, or they need to bring in a new coach that's going to bring those new rules in and insist this is the way that the All Blacks do it. And if you don't like it, well, you can move on. So at the moment, it's almost like for me the Wallabies under that Robbie Dean's era, where we had uh, Quade Cooper, Digby Uwani, James O'Connor, uh, Kirtley Bill. It was this brat pack, and and those guys were good players, and they just took what they were doing for granted and Australia's performance wasn't good when those guys were there. So I don't know whether a bit of that has drifted into the All Blacks and, and that's the reason for the, the, the disruption. But look, it, it's really... And look, you got all credit to Ireland. They play great rugby and same with the Springboks. They play great rugby, so you can't take anything away from them. But, but normally... The All Blacks—they're not going to be ranked number five in the world, so there are there are definitely problems in there. And if they don't nip it in the bud, already I believe uh, basketball is now the most um, played sport in New Zealand. So so rugby New Zealand—you know—all sports are struggling in terms of participation. But even in New Zealand, the All Blacks—you know—they need to keep that shine to keep the players coming through. It's only a small country, as you know. They've only got, what, four million people or something mm. or other. So it's, it's going to be hard for them. And, and if the All Blacks go off the boil and people start looking for alternatives, no one would have ever thought that was possible. But um, as it stands, you know, they're, they're not invincible. And every every country goes through its ups and downs. But the All Blacks, we've been so used to them being so good for so long that it really is unusual for them to be dropping this far down the ladder. So before we move on to a couple other rugby topics, uh, they've been so good for so long, and even people like myself have enjoyed watching him. Is it mm. better for rugby from a national and international point of view to see where the All Blacks are, are at now and giving other nations now the chance to shine, or is it better for rugby worldwide for a strong New Zealand, regardless of how dominant they are? It's hard. It's hard. I remember when Australia were winning the cricket, and remember that we went through that period of one about 18 test matches in a row, and it was almost boring because you thought, Australia's going to win. I'm not going to watch. Australia's going to win. But but and the All Blacks have been a bit like that. You know, we we haven't. I think my youngest son's 19. He's never known Australia to have a Blitters like Cup. Mm. We've never had one in in his time of being alive. So there there are sections of the community that think that it's that it's not great for them to be winning all the time. But for me, I almost think they're a bit like the canary in the coal mine. I think the All Blacks are almost a barometer of of the health of rugby around the world. And and if they're going well, rugby is going well, because they're that pinnacle that everyone, every other nation is trying then to, to get better to beat them. And I think if the, if the All Blacks kind of, then they, look, they're never going to disappear. But if they, if they lose that, that aura and that dominance, I think that, I think that's a bad thing for rugby. I, I just think, because for so long they've set the standard and, you know, and have people you know, from a, um, uh, commercial point of view too. People like the All Blacks, they bring in, they bring in so much money, and and that's why you know they get played in um, over in Chicago, and and that private equity group now has, has bought in to the All Blacks, so they'll they'll be expecting return on their investment as well. So it becomes this big economical impact as well. So I think it's great when they're winning because that is that's the benchmark, and I think every player they want to test themselves against the best in the world, and for so long. And for so consistently, it has been the All Blacks. So, look, I I want them to get back up the top again. Well, of course, the Wallabies fans have been long-suffering. It looks like there's a break in the clouds, a little ray of light.
The Wallabies unbeaten, leading the 2022 Rugby Championship. Are we on the way up? Uh, results suggest we are. The Wallabies after that win against Argentina on the weekend. Yes, and again, it, it was a it was a great win. Um, Argentina's the weakest team in the in the in that in that championship at the moment, but it was a gutsy win by Australia. That again, they came from behind, and and we saw it in the Perth Test against England. Here, the Wallabies. Um, you know, we, we had a man down and, and we fought hard and, and everyone was saying it was one of them, the gutsiest performances by an Australian team in history. And then they've gone over there. Um, Quade Cooper, he blew his Achilles tendon. Um, Mike, uh, Michael Hooper, the captain, he withdrew because of some mental health issues. So there was a lot of disruption for the Australians and they went out there and they fought back from being behind to win that game. So whatever the Australians have got in terms of that character and that culture in the Australian camp, it's incredibly strong at the moment. I still I still think we're a little bit... Like, you know, again, if you put the two teams, the All Blacks and the Wallabies, together side by side on paper, the All Blacks are a much stronger side. But whatever... It's all, and it's that old thing about a, a, what is a champion team will be, will be the team of champions at the moment. The All Blacks seem to have a champion team. And, and if that's winning us games... Fantastic. So whatever they're doing at the moment, they seem to be doing right. They've got a good culture in there and, and they, they don't lie down and they just keep fighting. So um, they're kind of almost picking up that humility and that fight that the All Blacks had for so long. So it's a bit of a changing of the guard, but it's a great result for Australia. And look, they've got the Argentinians again this weekend before they then, then they play the South Africans. And all of a sudden now, I think Australian fans are thinking, OK, this year the Springboks are the benchmark. That That is our... That's our normally our All Black test will be the Springbok test, so that's the one everyone will be looking forward to in Adelaide. I think it is on the twenty seventh of August. Mm, okay, and finally, Mick, uh, big news during the week regarding the Western Force, a groundbreaking alliance with French top fourteen champions Montpellier. What will this mean for the Western Force? Do you think? Well, it could be good or bad, Pete. Um, obviously, so that the Montpellier is earned by a guy called. Mohad Ultrad, who was a construction, he's a billionaire. So obviously him and Twiggy must be in the same club and they obviously got <laughs> talking and they both had a love for rugby. So so our trad sponsor, they've got their name on the All Blacks jersey. They've got their name on the French jersey. I think he paid $160 million to have his name on the for eight years on the French jersey. And their name, they signed a four-year deal with the Western Force. So our trad is on the, the jersey sponsor of the Western Force. So yeah, they've got this um, sister club arrangement with Montpellier, which is a top 14 club in the French competition. And what it seems to be is they'll use that club as a bit of a... Um, they'll do some player swapping, some coach swapping, educational kind of stuff. And, and look, I think it's a great idea. But the only drawback for it, there's a young kid called Alex Massey-Barker. And Alex is a, a local kid. I played rugby against his dad down at Associates. Um, and, and Alex went through, so as a junior, he made his debut, played Australian under-20s and then made his debut for the Western Force this season that we've just had. He's been sent across to Montpellier, I believe, for a, for a three-year period. Now, that's fantastic for him. He's only a young kid. If he then comes back to play at the Western Force, it's fantastic. But the thing is, the average salary in the top 14 is about $360,000. The average salary in Super Rugby is about half of that. So if you're a young kid, you go across there for three years, you establish yourself in top 14 in French rugby, are you then going to come back to Australia for half the money? I don't think so. So the, the thing is they've got to make sure these kids that they're sending, that they've got to work out some way that they guarantee that they come back. Otherwise, the Western Force is going to become a feeder club 
for Montpellier, and that's not what we want. We want it to be the other way around. We'd be happy to, for the French guys to come here, no problem, but we don't want to be losing, especially West Australian kids, over to play rugby in France when they should be playing for the Western Force. Good stuff. All right, mate. Thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. Uh, I love talking rugby with you because you've got a finger on the pulse. Uh, good on you, Mickey. We'll keep in touch and uh, enjoy the rest of uh, your evening. Yeah, thanks, Pete. And go the Wallabies. Mickey Collis, always great to have a chat to him regarding rugby. As I mentioned, he's certainly got his finger on the pulse. That has been Drive with Peter Vlahos on this very wet and cold Tuesday. Hope you've enjoyed the program, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Always a bit of sports variety, of course, on Mondays and Thursdays. We focus on the AFL Monday, a review of the weekend just gone. And on Thursday, Kim Hagdorn joins us to have a look at the AFL team selections heading into another weekend. And as we know, this weekend... It's uh, the Western Derby weekend between Fremantle and the West Coast Eagles. We'll have the teams on the Thursday night program. Thanks for your time. Thanks to Jimmy and Lee. I'll be back again tomorrow from 5 right here on SENWA.